Mazda presents The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle and Adam Wilde. Hi! Hi, everybody. Hi. All right, so here's the deal. We have a lot to get through today, and uh, because our last show was super, super short, uh, we have very little time to get through it today because Steve's super cool guy and had to go to Leafs practice and hang out with James Raymer. You know what? It's good to live like Adam Wilde sometimes. Well, you know what I did today? (laughs) I actually went, went went to an interview this morning. Uh, about UFC, and then I went. What's and- great is when Adam says I, he went to an interview. He's conducting the conducting interview. the interview. Yeah, like he didn't have a job interview. No. And then, no. and then I went. Uh, his name's Robin Black. He's from the Fight Network. Um, okay. So he's uh, he's one of the guys that you know. The Fight and Fantasy Networks are kind of in the same building mm-hmm. in Liberty Village. Uh, so I was in Liberty oh. this morning, and then I went to a uh, a, a diner. And a f- I turned a $15 breakfast into a $30 breakfast with all the sides I ordered. You're outrageous! I am out of control! How do you do such a thing? Well, you can see it. My belly is always on the nope. thing, so you can see it. Uh, but boy, it was good. Um, and now- the other day, I went to the Ram, the old bar for my university, and had breakfast for $6. Oh, subsidized breakfast. Shout mm. out $3 beers on game night. Oh, At the shout Ram? Out- yeah. Oh, yeah, shout wow. out the Ram. School. That is the only positive thing about Ryerson. They used to have a thing called Rammer Time. Oh, you shut up. Um, I think someone's salty for not getting in. I didn't get in. I didn't get in. And I am, you bet bet your ass I'm salty about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) High fives for everyone who graduated from Ryerson. (laughs) What? Oh, there you go. There you go. You could have just said graduated and stopped there. Oh, yeah, there you go. Didn't do that either. Um, So do we want to start with the Leafs? Do we want to start with practice today? Do we want to start with Steve meeting the one and only? Jesus, a.k.a. James Reimer? Uh, sure. Well, meeting for the second time. Okay. Now, did, does James... Uh, did James... James knows you, right? He does. Okay. And it was pretty cool, because we locked eyes, and I'm like, I wonder if he's going to give me a face like he knows me. And then he smiles and goes, hey, and I'm like, yes, James. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. The first time we met in person... It was either in like 2008 or 9, and it was after his first game with the Marlies. Mm-hmm. And I was just such a wonderful journalist. I asked him questions like, uh, what, what do you have to say to the boys back with the Reading Royals? <laughs> from the ECHL, who he had just been called up from. God, I was just that's, awful. That's a great question, yeah. man. But then then he got to know me through <laughs> hey, the Hey, what videos, do you have to say to the boys back fighting overseas? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Did you have like a press thing in your in your fedora that says press on it? Oh, <laughs> like, like, oh. <laughs> a little press piece of paper. I uh, Adam, I can't even joke. I I saw someone on Reddit go, Dangle should do more interviews. I'm like, Dangle should absolutely not do more interviews. Oh, there's nothing wrong with your it's interviews. The thing I'm weakest at. All right, so we've got, we've got you 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 went in, you saw James, he said hi, and you guys sat down and talked. Yeah, and I'm gonna post a video. It was it was a longer conversation, but but there was a particular part of the conversation that that has to be heard on this this podcast because he's actually addressing everybody in this room. Um, one last thing for my podcast. So uh, I, I collect a lot of things. Now hold pause on, it, on, pause it for a sec. You- I said for my podcast, and he didn't kick me in the butt like a certain <laughs> Oilers Rangers legend. <laughs> Canucks legend. I was just gonna say, just gonna say for my podcast, and people are like, "Oh no!" Because you know what it's for? It's for my gosh dang podcast. And if you can't live with that, then you can't live in 2016. Um, and I have a James Reimer figure, um, and my co-hosts on the show were making fun of me because it cost sixty dollars. Do you think that's worth it for your figure? 
That's pretty expensive, hey? <laughs> but, I mean, if you like it, I mean, so what's, I it worth, what's it worth to you? You know? Priceless. So there you go, then it's worth it, hey? Absolutely. Um, can you just say, Adam, Jesse, you're wrong. Adam, Jesse, you're completely wrong. <laughs> no. And I always knew that. Thank you, James. What was his first response? Which was, that's pretty damn expensive. That's his true honest response. <laughs> but, then, but then he said, what's it worth to you? And I said, priceless. Uh, the court does not accept that. It was, it was uh, witness under duress. It's, no, it's the last answer that sticks. <laughs> it's the last answer. Is that what it is? Whoever gets the last word. Yeah. It's the Stephen A. Smith. Did you kill English. them? Yes, I mean no. <laughs> Therefore, they didn't kill them. <laughs> I always oh. thought the Stu Van for Weber trade was great for Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, you know what, we'll, we will get to that. We will get to that. But oh, first, yeah. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> that is really funny, God Steve. bless you, James. James bless you, James. Um, uh. Before we actually get into the Leafs and Steve's video yesterday, which was called Ander7, which I loved. Um, because I got it from Twitter. I didn't come on. No, no, for sure. Uh, Hampus Lindholm has signed with the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, just so you know, it is a six-year, $31.5 million deal. Averages out to be about five point two five a year, but he makes three this year, six the next year, six two, uh, six seven five, five two five, three seven five, and six seven five. Now, bizarre little deal. It is a bizarre little hmm. deal. I didn't I, know. I didn't know the breakdown. I feel like for some reason that there's a reason. There, there must be some sort of financial reason why the Ducks only want him to make three million dollars this year. Uh, yeah, because they're uh, they're currently over the cap. They're over the cap, which is I, I didn't realize you could. And they're you, not a cap team, so you can be over the cap. But next year they'll their cap uh, will, will come back and there'll be a cap recap. I think penalty, no, right? they need it has to even out, right? Because they haven't spent all of that money yet. Mm-hmm. They're on pace to spend that money. Like mm. uh, if um, a player is worth five million dollars, I think Morgan Riley is getting paid five million dollars. The Leafs have not paid Morgan Riley five million dollars yet. Right, they've paid him whatever six games is or whatever. Right. So the amount of time is so if you were to you could be over the cap as far into the season as you want as long as mathematically eventually you're getting rid of a player that yeah I don't know if it's I don't know if it's as long into the season as you want but you are allowed to be over a little bit okay yeah interesting so does that mean that something is going to happen with the Ducks oh for sure okay a hundred percent it's just a matter of who's leaving town cam fowler i think seems to be a foregone conclusion but a few people tweeted me what about simone dupre yeah so what about simone dupre could be pretty interesting first round pick of the pittsburgh penguins a few years ago a bigger body than fowler i think a little bit meaner what kind of a defenseman are we Mm, well he's a lefty for sure not that that tells you anything about him um a decent possession player but also uh, big and nasty um not incredible but good very good. So what, so what does someone like a Simone Dupre command? Well, this is the thing. Some people were saying, who would you prefer, Dupre or Fowler? I think actually maybe Dupre. I think maybe Dupre um, because I think he possesses a little bit more of what the Leafs need, which is they can't win a battle in front of their own bloody net. Um, and I don't know if Fowler's your guy to do that. Um, and Dupre makes less. The cap hit is less, I what believe. About, what about Kevin Bieksa? His name has strangely not come up. Boy, well, because that's a $5 million cap hit, is it not? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. How many years does he have left? Oh, I don't know. We don't have general manager anymore. <laughs> well, the Leafs don't need another right-handed shot because 
Gosh dang it, Frankie Corrado can't get into this lineup. No. Even no. after the worst defensive performance uh, in a while. So so Simone Dupre, you think, could fill that third like behind, behind Riley and Gardner? Yeah, but th- this is the thing. I think we're assuming it's the Leafs, and I'm not sure the Leafs have what the Ducks want. You know, and I think, you know, I keep trying to think of like Carlisle Leafs that the Ducks might be interested in. Well, how the how do the Ducks fit Bozak? How do the Ducks fit JVR? All of Twitter was full of Fowler for JVR. Well, JVR makes more than Cam Fowler. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that, how do you make that work? Yeah, and also I don't know if that matches up as a fair trade. No, I was saying the Ducks would be lucky. Yeah. Yeah, the Ducks were, yeah, very Cause, lucky. Because JVR, even on the terrible Leafs team last year, was incredible until he got injured. I mean, he missed three months and would have, I think, led the team in scoring. He's still on a sweetheart deal. Yeah, he would have led the team in scoring. Uh, I mean, if Nylander wasn't a Leaf the whole year. <laughs> um, yeah, it's he's on a, he's on a sweetheart deal. I think if the Leafs were to get a guy like Fowler or Dupre or whoever, um, it would have to be a package of maybe prospects and picks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of Ducks fans were going, you can take Clayton Stoner. And I wonder if there's something to be had there where, you know, Clayton Stoner, underperforming, overpaid right-handed shot. Enter Roman Polak, <laughs> who makes <laughs> less than him, I believe. So, I don't know. Uh, the, I, I could see a deal being made between the Ducks and the Leafs, but this JVR Fowler thing, I don't think it has legs. Um, I unless don't, it's part I don't of see, a greater package. Why do the Leafs want to trade JVR? Unless I don't, you're getting I don't think they do. No. Yeah, <laughs> unless you're getting thing. something fantastic like a Truba, I don't I don't see JVR going. Like we did talk about it on the last episode, but I I don't know if that's the guy I want to trade. I don't know if that's the depth. Like they actually now mm. have enough centermen that they could deal one of Kadri or Bozak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You could. Oh boy, trading Nas to Randy. <laughs> How cruel! I mean, that would never happen. But, oh god, um, that'd be so cruel. But you have the, that option now with Austin Matthews in the fold, and I mean, Peter Holland's done a pretty good job. He's won his faceoff percentage. I believe is over fifty. Yeah, broke Ben Bishop's face. He's yeah. a healthy scratch though against he is. the Panthers. He is. And Griffiths, I believe, and we'll get into the line combos tonight. I think it's Smith in the middle on the fourth line and Griffith on the right. Okay. Still, all the same, you've got your fourth line centers. You can do that. Yeah. Um, well, because what I've been uh, thumping the last couple podcasts is the Leafs' strength is in their forwards, and they have tons of forward prospects. Not all of them are going to make it. Uh, why not trade some of them? The idea of trading JVR because of that actually lines up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Lines up a little well, bit. Well, you'd have to have somebody waiting immediately to step in, though. And besides. Brendan Leipzig? But is he JVR already? Right. He's leading the AHL in scoring. It's also a week into the season. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's that's why we can't get too, too up or too down on any team right Richard now. Richard Ponick is definitely going to lead the league in goal scoring. For the rest of the year. Well, he's on a line with Taves. Let's completely ignore the fact that he was on a line with Taves last year. He's on a line with Taves. It's all going to last. Hasn't he almost out- equaled his goal output from last year? His career high it. is like 11 goals. And he's got Actually, it is 11 six, goals. seven, eight? Something like that? He's six as far as I know. And that was against the Leafs. His career high was 11 uh, with the Leafs. And that same year, Mike Santorelli and Peter Holland also had 11 goals in fewer games. So I'm not trying to call him a bum. I'm just trying not to... I'm, I'm not trying to call him a rocket retard. Temper expectations. Yeah. He's got six goals, two assists in seven games. Last season, he had six goals, two assists in 30 games. There you go. What, well, what happened? He worked out... I heard he worked out with Gary Roberts... Yeah. 
Every time. This well, might be, I heard he worked out with Gary what Roberts. What if this is Richard Ponick's David Clarkson 37 goal season? Oh. And he cashes in. Yeah. 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 And then the Blackhawks find a way to trade him for their next dynasty. Yeah. Holy <laughs> mackerel. Man. Or, you know, like maybe this is Ponick's Bolesky year. So, did, Adam, I'm about to test how good of a friend you are. Did you read my Anton Strawman article on sports? Yes, I did. <gasps> I did. You did. Now, what a tree! And I can't remember all the details. So I will explain. That's why the you details. wrote them down. The the article started as, "Gosh darn it, the Leafs shouldn't have traded Anton Strawman." It ended with the Leafs built the current Blackhawks. <laughs> yeah. So the Blackhawks obviously drafted their best players currently: Taves, Kane, Keith. So you know who they all are, right? But. They had to make a trade because they wanted to, in 2010, they wanted to threaten Boston. No, it was 2009. They wanted to threaten Boston with the idea that they could offer Sheet Kessel. They couldn't make that threat without their own second round pick. They did not have their own second round pick in 2010 um, because they traded it to Montreal for Mikhail Grabowski. Montreal traded that pick to Chicago for Robert Lang. So the Leafs have to make a deal with Chicago. So the Leafs take their own 2011 pick. No. They took the Calgary 2011 pick that they got for Strawman mm-hmm. and their own 2011 third round pick, traded it to the Blackhawks for the Blackhawks 2011 second round pick. Er, no, how did it work? This is why we write this down. I know. This is why we write it all down. Yeah, I drew yada, yada, yada. It ends up with the Leafs giving Chicago those two picks. Uh-huh. Um, Oh, and they give the Leafs back their second. Yes, 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 yes. So, Leafs end up sending that second to Boston anyway. Mm-hmm. They draft Jared Knight. Um, he's playing in Denmark right now. D- didn't work out to anything. The Blackhawks, however, they draft Brandon Sod with the second that the Leafs gave him in, in 2011. Um, the trade where the Black... So, now the Blackhawks... Uh, can't retain Brandon Sod. Too much money. Too much money. What are they going to do? What do the Blackhawks always do? They find a team to fleece. So they trade Sod and the player who they drafted with the Leafs' third round pick and some other guy to the Blue Jackets. For some unknown kid. For Marco Dano, uh, Artem Anisimov, who I think is currently leading the league in scoring or tied for the league lead in scoring. Um... Uh, pick. There was something else in there. And Jeremy Morin. Last year, the Blackhawks trade Jeremy Morin to the Leafs for Richard Ponick. Hmm. Unbelievable, this team. Unbelievable, this team. Steve Eisenman's a wizard? I would argue Stan Bowman is a wizard. Very very much so. He's had to get himself out of tighter spaces, I think, than Eisenman. Eisenman has had oh. more controversies, but the cap finagling, if you will, that the Blackhawks have done over the last like five years it's has crazy. been Unbelievable, and literally the team is all their their star first line, which is all the players that we all know so well. It's and not even a star first line. Well, it's like it was Taves, oh. Ponick, and a guy I couldn't no, name. But you're ta- I'm talking about five great players. And oh the yeah, 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 yeah. And then rookies. Oh yeah, it's like that. That's it. That's what the Hawks are, and they're still really, really good. That's the model, though. That's how you win a cup. My favorite part of the article is Steve's very poor attempt to draw the Calgary Flames logo. Ah, uh, yes, it looks like a squid. It does. Um, so we're so I went to the game on Tuesday night, Leafs and and 
<laughs> lightning. And was it great? It was. It was. You know what? It was a lot of fun. It was nice to see Matthew score. It was nice to see Nylander score. I'm trying to be as positive as humanly possible. Good about for this. you. Um, I enjoyed. I enjoyed being there. I got to say, the in-game entertainment's incredible. But it's gotten better, eh? Yeah. Oh, like it's it's top notch. Oh, it's awesome. It used to just really suck. Really stale. Wow. Uh, but I gotta say, it's it's so hard. I feel bad for the people that have to be the hype people in the stadium. They've got two hosts now, and they're like, "We're in the Ford Fanatic box right now. Who? Let's make some noise for some Raiders." And people are jacked up, but not really because it's seven to three. And and I feel, I yeah. feel like <laughs> there was a couple things I noticed. First off, I know that Babcock would hate me for saying this because he said they were minus two to start the game, which they were. But every time that Matthews, Nylander, Hyman lines out, something's happening. Hey, you know what? Uh, Valid. Babcock's thing is valid. They got off on the wrong foot because of a giveaway from that line or a miscommunication from that line. Because I'm not even sure if Matthews threw a bomb up the middle or if it was a miscommunication with Hyman who he was passing to or whatever. But it is true that a minute, what? 15 into the game they were down yeah and it was because of that line um i also noticed the con that connor brown is the best thing about the kadri kamarov brown line he is always 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 making things happen when does nazim kadri got to worry i think nazim kadri is worried i think he should be worried because the thing is and i think not not just nas but all of them he's the team's third line center right now yeah yeah he is which okay. is by by the way, that's when he was at his best. Wasn't when he was the third line center. <laughs> that is true, but he's the team's third line center. It's okay. Who argues that the Matthews Hyman Nylander line is not the top line? It is. It is absolutely the top line. And the Marner Bozak JVR line is absolutely the second. That's line. That's the second line. So where is Kadri? Third he's on line. the third line with Kama. Uh, I don't care what color jersey he wears in practice. That's the third line. But it's it was amazing to watch because it's not that. Komarov and Kadri are are bad players. They're not. No. And we we loved them both last year, especially Leo. But Connor Brown makes them invisible. You think? Uh, at least see, from that's not good though. See, well, because he is he's the Zach Hyman work ethic. It's the oh, okay. same. I'm going for this. I'm getting this. I'm going to go get this puck. I'm going to get this puck. It's like a it's like a dog that is ball focused. You know, ball focused dogs. That's yeah, all they care about. Uh, I have one. That's how. <laughs> that's how it feels. It's like. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I'm going to go get it. Yeah. And and that's, it, it leads me to this, which I've heard a lot of people say, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it because I think it's crazy. All right. I called Steve after the game, by the way. We, we talked for like 20 minutes right after the game. I ended. kept Adam uh, company while, uh, while he walked And I know out. you have a bunch of stuff that you want to say about this, but I wanted to get this out and I wanted to get your opinion. Go ahead. A lot of people saying, you know. It's, you know, this Leafs team, a lot of young players on it. The, the veterans are really going to have to show them the way. And I was, as I watched the game against Tampa, I don't think that's the case. In fact, it may be the tail wagging the dog on this one. Mm. Uh, because on both defense and forward, less, less, um, less so on, on defense because there are less rookies. But in terms of making things happen on the ice, the Leafs veterans aren't. <laughs> no, and no, they're really not. And I don't. Jamie Arbozak sometimes. Sometimes, totally. And by the way, every time that line's on the ice, do you know where the puck's going? Mitch Marner. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't go to Bozak. It doesn't go to JVR. It goes directly to Mitch Marner every stinking time. Marner now, is going to be an absolute star in this league because look at how good he already is. But when I see him, sometimes he's a little timid. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, like Wait the second he, he loses that, yeah. the second he loses that, he's going to tear the league apart. He also there was a couple times where he had his head down. Yep, and he oh, will, he will get killed. Don't say it. Don't say so it. So I'm hoping that that head stays up. Um, but when and, and then you give Matt Martin a rag with that player's scent on it, and you, and you just <laughs> tell him kill him. Well, and now the thing that got me, and this is kind of my long belabored point, is that I don't think I don't actually think the Leafs veteran core is capable of anything more than what you've already seen over the no. last two and a half, three years. No. And and that is underwhelming. Um, and I honestly, honestly, I thought that they were capable of more and I thought, so. now maybe they still are. And again, it, what, what are we, seven games in? Yeah. So this is a little early. But from the 10% of the season that we've seen so far, just about, um, I would say that the, the team veteran core is just sort of there they're not i don't see them leading anything i think if there's any leading going on it's going to be from the guys who are making things happen that's how leadership works it doesn't matter what your age is i gotta throw it out there because most of the attention has been on matt hunwick and it should be the only leaf on the ice for more goals than matt hunwick against the lightning was freddie anderson (laughs) well he was on for was it all seven we've all oh, seven? oh, oh, no. Hunwick was on for five. So it was five one, of the seven. One, three, five, six, seven, right? So, oh boy, now you're asking me to remember. I, no, no, yeah. It was yeah, one, three, five, something six, like that. And then six and seven, you make the argument who really gives a damn. You, know, you should care about six, every deal. Six was on the PK, and yeah. I think seven was on the PK too, and you're trying to get a goal, so you're not too focused on your own end, whatever. Okay, fine. Take those away. You're still on for, th- let's go with three of five then bad he is every eashl defenseman in nhl 17 you hate playing with i watch and i don't know what side he's on i i gotta assume he drives his partner nuts there's a rover out there flying around anyway so (laughs) i started with matt hunwick gets most of the attention leo i i love leo so much i need more out of him i can't remember one play he was a part of this season i think i remember a hit or two yeah that's it. Like at what at one point? At what point do you maybe switch him and Hyman just to get? Because you can't just have one line going. What is that, Kadri? I don't know. Line you, doing? Don't, you don't change a strength to address a, a weakness. Yeah, I you, think you're right. You so know. hopefully Brown can change that. Now again, it, oh, like boy. tonight will be eight, game eight. So at about ten percent of the season so far, we've we've covered. So I think it's game seven. Is it game seven? Yeah, it's game seven. Okay, so we're not. We're not that far in. We're one, two, and three. Six. Yeah, you're right. It yep, is game there seven. you go. Math. Yeah, one, two, Super and three. Super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the... And the, Freddie's got to be better. The The thing, though, that has been the hallmark of Leo's career and Kadri's career sometimes mm-hmm. is the edge that they play with. And I didn't see I didn't see an edge from Nazem Kadri until he got mixed up with Tyler Johnson late in the third. And what do I... What's what was one of the staples of my videos last year? Nazem Kadri, Bob Ross, just draws penalties like a beauty. Leo was great too. One of my favorite little stats that's come out in the last few years: penalty differential. Players that draw more penalties than they take. Have Leo or Nas drawn a penalty this year? Have they? But I, I don't and think, I think so. you draw penalties when you're playing really well. You know who's drawn a penalty? Matt Martin. <laughs> it was a retaliation penalty, but it was great. You know who's uh, Marner's taken some pretty unfortunate penalties. He's drawn them too. Mm-hmm. 
Iman has drawn at least a couple calls. He's taken some too. They happen think, when you're playing well. I think well. Brown has as well. They happen when you move your feet. Yeah, when you scoot. Yeah, I I just don't think, and I think we've got to we've got to chill on the on the veterans are going to lead this team through. I don't think that that's quite what we have with the veterans that are still left over. I don't <laughs> think that's I don't think they're capable of that. And I think to expect that yeah. is, and again, I could be wrong. Uh, but I've watched, we've watched these guys over the last three years of doing this show super closely. Steve, you've watched, I mean, you know, this, this core has been together for basically the length of this podcast and before it. What's the core? Well, I think core, the core the, isn't the core the, anymore. The people who are there. Exactly. That is 100% <laughs> the people who, the people who the still happen right to be there. Yeah. So you've this got is such a weird transition here. JVR, Bozak, Kadri, mm-hmm. and I guess Leo for, for a chunk of that too. I, I mean, I think... Yes, we need more edge from Leo. We need more edge from from Kadri. Bozak's played good, but good. He's played all right. He's just good. Yeah, he's played like a guy getting paid what Bozak's getting paid. You know, and we we've talked about this at the time that deal was signed. It kind of sucked, and then as the years go by, I'm like, no, that's just what second slash third line centers make. Yes, but what he was signed to that was a first line center. Oh yes. Remember. Oh, so what a what a bargain. What a bargain. <laughs> Tyler Bargza. Uh it's um, it's a weird thing. It's a weird, weird thing. Yeah, like the whole pains coming thing. Last year was easy. Mm-hmm. Last year was easy. We knew what was coming. Yes, we do. Trade a bunch of guys, get a bunch of picks, hope for a top five pick. Look at that. You get the first overall pick. Gorgeous, beautiful. You get to see the Marlies surviving, thriving even. And they're doing that again this year. And you see the players in junior doing well this year, but then this year in the NHL, we're when, seeing when flashes they lose, of good. When they lose, it's Austin Matthews losing. That's William Nylander losing. That's that's Nikita Zaitsev losing. Mm-hmm. That's and by the way, I just named the Leafs three best players probably so yeah. far this season. Uh, it's Morgan Riley losing. Or, uh, yeah, and like there's another guy like. The, probably the most unfair expectations this season probably rest on Morgan Riley, because what is he twenty two? Mm-hmm. That's a veteran on this team. They're already talking captaincy. With yeah, him. what is this year four for him in the league? Three or four? Yep, he's a vet. And there was a goal. The goal. What looked bad on the goal? I can't remember which one it was. You know what? It was four. It was right after Anderson makes that incredible save on Victor Hedman. Bozak and Zaitsev are both on the same guy. Zaitsev goes, uh, we shouldn't both be here. Rushes after Stamkos in the corner. Headman just slides in. JVR looks at him like he's late for a, a plane. Whoa. And I'm like, oh, the Leafs aren't getting help from their from their forwards. Wait a sec. Bozak's back there. JVR is at least making the effort. Where's Riley? Riley's behind JVR. Because he was puck watching. He was following, following. I And I love the kid. Mm-hmm. I love the kid, but like, there was, and those those things are going to happen. A hundred percent, they're going to happen. And, we and did I say still that. love them. We did say that going in. We said it was going to be an up and down season, and it will be an up and down season. We're seeing a little bit more down right now. It sure started on an up. What are you looking at? What's wrong? I have no idea. Okay. Anyway, sorry. I'm glad that I'm glad that you saw that. No one had to know about it. You didn't <laughs> have to address it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because if Steve's not responding to me, he's going, yeah. What is it, Steve? The hell? What's on Twitter? Oh no, it's your text. Oh, it's my text. Oh, yeah. that's that's good that you got my Sorry, text. Sorry, you know when your phone dies and then it comes back on and it just shows the phone number? So I got all these mystery numbers uh, going, hey, man, yeah. <laughs> call me you? back. Oh, oh, it's the guy in front of me. Yeah. Um, is there anything to distract from how bad the Leafs were against well, the Lightning? Well, the, 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 the other thing is is that, you know, I saw, we saw the Roman Polak 
I was in the zone. I was in the mm. behind the net where Roman Polak, when he got hit in the, was it the arm? Mm. Um, yes. Yeah. And, and he, I think like, that like was, was before goal five. Yes. And that's when the game still looked like it was within reach because they'd scored a couple Absolutely. and it was like, oh my God, this could happen. Yeah. It was 4-1 at that point. Oh. It was 4-1. Four, four, yeah. They scored the 5-1. Oh yeah. And then but then, they then bang, two. bang. And all of a sudden you're right back in the game. And what I loved about that is you actually felt like, you know what? They could. They could. And I tell you, at the ACC, it felt like it could. They were like, make noise. And everybody's like, Aah! I got like, that impression. Oh, yeah. And it was because it was Matthews, too. Oh, yeah. It's a weird and the, little thing. Matthews Nylander. Like, of course it was. Yeah. I, I get the impression if, like, I don't know, Bozak scored that. And not to pick on Bozak, but, like, any of the veterans, they'd be like, okay, well, 5-3 no, goal. It, it would be relief. But you guys are so over the old core. It's like ah. Well, no, I'm not over JVR. I think I'm over the way that Kadri and Komarov, especially, are playing. I think that uh, Connor Brown on that line is the best part about that line. You know what? Like, and I don't even think they're bad. No, they just need to be better. And I also think the rookies, these guys, these young guys that have come on, are that much better. I really, truly do. Being on the first pair should be a bigger story, not just for how it's incredible that a rookie. I know he's 24. Not just uh, that it's incredible for a first year player in the NHL to be on the first pair. But he had to beat guys out to do that. He had to beat out veterans. Mm-hmm. Granted, um, he is those, infinitely more gifted than anybody else on that team besides like the that, best right hand shot. shot. For sure. Best right hand shot, and that's not a slight on Connor Carrick. It's not a slight on Roman Polak. I couldn't possibly be a slight on uh, Frankie Corrado because I haven't seen him. No. Uh, so he's the best right hand shot they got. I. I did. I did feel. I did feel a sense of optimism in the ACC. It was palatable. You knew it mm-hmm. because uh, Jesse and I went to remember that Islanders game we went to a couple yep. years ago. Awful. And it was they made it to overtime mm-hmm. against the Islanders. The Islanders won, but it was like it was like even when they made it to overtime, they're like ah, oh, we're screwed. We're totally I, screwed. I, I will give him this, and I'm I'm not going to um, lump all Leafs fans in with this because I think the good Leaf fans felt optimism. The dumb Leaf fans, and there are plenty. Dumb Leaf fans were giving Anderson the Bronx cheer after oh, the fourth no! goal. It was he makes a crazy. save of the year candidate and then is left alone 30 seconds later, makes the initial save. No one's there for the rebound. It's Victor Hedman. He's 6'7", and a Norris candidate. You can't miss him, and everyone missed him and you have, again. And you have your most physical guy on the team, JVR. Well, one of the most physical guys on the team, JVR, yeah. who could have had him. Well, no, because I don't think that was his guy. Hmm. Riley wow. was up near the point. Yeah, on that one. Um, one thing I do want to mention because believe it or not, we're already half an hour into this. Thing. I know, and Crazy. all we did was talk about the previous Leafs game. Um, it's gonna be out of date. We still have things to talk <laughs> about, and, and uh, we have an email from an Oilers fan, which is a warning to the Leafs. Oh yeah, we yeah, also yeah. have to go through the Leafs line quickly for tonight against Florida. Just because, just a quick couple notes because I know by the time this podcast airs, there'll be a lot of people that have already seen the game versus Florida. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, and then we've got, like, a ton of other things on Montreal, Vancouver, uh, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, of course. Uh, there's just so much. Are you going to take a break? Yeah, I guess we're going to have to okay. take a break. <laughs> Let's take a break. Hey. Hey. So, if I were to tell you that um, the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight mm. are uh, changing up their line combinations, what would you say to that? My gosh, they probably somehow went into the future and listened to the first segment of the show. <laughs> well, here's the here's what the line rushes are going to... Where did they put Zach Hyman? Here's what, we, what the line rushes apparently look like. We've got uh, Hyman, Matthews, Nylander, line one. Now, this is from Paul Hendrick, 
And I wonder if he, I wonder if they're listed as line three, like they always are, but they're actually line one anyway. And he just threw them up there as line one. Well, they wear different colored jerseys, but this is during practice. Right. At morning skate, I think it's just, they give some forwards blue, some forwards white. And I think the defense wear black. Okay. I might be wrong. Hyman Matthews Nylander, JVR Bozak Marner, nothing, no story there. Same, same. Brown Kadri Komarov, no story there. Correct. This is where it gets interesting. Mm-hmm. Martin, Griffith in the middle, mm-hmm. Smith on the wing. That is, oh, Smith's on the wing. Yeah. That oh. is just Babcock going, I don't know, <laughs> trying so stuff. No, so no Peter Holland. Uh-uh. Well, what's funny is you got to get Griffith into the lineup at some point, right? Mm-hmm. You got to. But Corrado, <laughs> uh, I don't know what. The, I would love to know what's going on with Frank. Why is I have a why is nobody asked about Frank Corrado? By the way, Chris Johnson wrote a thing on him. It's on Sportsnet.ca. Oh, I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Okay, but um, it's funny. Last year, didn't it feel like we solved that mystery? Because they didn't play him basically for like the first three months. Yeah, he was injured when he was with the Canucks and it wasn't really disclosed. And then it came out and he played the rest of the season with the Leafs and he looked pretty all right. And and who knows? Maybe he'll start as a healthy scratch, get into a couple games. No, he hasn't gotten into a game yet. Um, and I have a theory. Theory? My theory. Who are some of the biggest Leafs fans in the GTA? You know, when you expect to hear a guy talk about Dougie and Wendell and Anichuk, you know, the good old days. You're talking about the guys from the bridge. I'm talking about guys from Foot to Bridge. And from and from from freaking Vaughn, bro. Vaughn and hey, Vaughn hey, Mills, hey, bro. Oh, oh! How do you get we get three towns in before you even mention Maple? <laughs> Who's this Maple? Anybody Who's not from Toronto? Guy? Hilarious that there's a, first off, it's the most Canadian town name ever, and it's all the Italian yeah. <laughs> community. I, I love when people say, oh yeah, I went to Little Italy in Toronto. I'm like, all of it? Uh, Mo- most, most of it? Most of college in Nundas. And the northwest part and the west part yeah. and the... A lot of Italians neighborhood here. I grew up in, and yeah, like holy smokes, there's just—I mean—they breed like rabbits. They just—it's just—and I say this as a half Italian before you yeah, write your letters. Angry. How does an Italian write a letter? They're talking with their hands. Anyway, <laughs> I always had a theory that an Italian would one day save the Leafs, and I think Frank Corrado is just the biggest, most number one to the core Leafs fan ever. He is being such a good soldier through all of this that uh, I think he's the number one guy for the job. They do this to him because they know he can take it. Right. That being said, I, I you, you should probably. So him. did the Leafs lose for the last forty five years because they knew we could take it? Because we've taken it. Adam, <laughs> just a thought. You might just be right. <laughs> um, you might just be right. On on Leafs defense today, we've got uh, Riley Zaitsev, Gardner Carrick, Marinson is back with the Hundog. Hundog. Now, wait a sec. Is that from Paul Hendrick? Mm-hmm. So supposedly that was a mistake. Oh. Tonight's oh. lineup is, uh, that's all correct, except Marinson on the left on the third pair. Polak on the right. Okay. On the third pair. Now, I want Frank Corrado in the lineup as much as anybody. That's close to an ideal lineup. Just eh. I'm gonna stick up for Roman Polak um because in the in the team's worst defensive effort of the season, I actually thought he was great. I do. He 
obviously blocked that crazy shot, mm-hmm. tough as nails. He did lose a puck battle in front to Alex Kalorn, who, who I talked about in the video. Uh, Polak has about 40 pounds on. You should never lose a puck battle to him if you're that big. Big for nothing is my term. Um, but, man, when they were down, he was pinching. He was leading the rush, taking shots. He looked like the most desperate Leaf out there. Look, that doesn't necessarily make him great. Mm-hmm. But he was trying. Like, well, we're not what, expecting greatness from Roman Polak. No, one thing. I'll, I'll, yeah, it's true. We're expecting and, uh, pl- serviceable. Yeah. I have an up and down relationship. I think he's offensively underrated. Mm-hmm. I've said it and taken heat for it. I'll take that heat. I'll take that heat. Look, from my eye, I love. I love the way he. I almost said I love the way he plays, which is incorrect. I love the way he tries. Damn it! That's all I want him to do is try. Okay. I bet you Frankie Corrado tries better. Uh, but <laughs> um, by the way, the, I noticed you know the Leafs have scored a lot of goals, right? And I thought yeah. about this: they scored three goals against Tampa, which is the se- their second lowest total of the season. By the way, pretty good. Any team that's averaging three, four goals a game has a chance to win every night. So if they can just figure out just a system to limit the goals, yeah, you're not going to solve the problem with the current staff, right? If you can figure out a system to just crank it back a few, is the system a better goaltender? No. No, and here's no. the thing. I said it in the no. video, man. Um, either, th- as far as the Leafs goalie coach goes, either this goalie works or you don't. Mm-hmm. He's he, at the beginning of a deal that pays him $5 million a year for five years. There's no Nathan Horton goalie out there. You can trade <laughs> for yeah. Freddie Anderson, okay? He works or you're boned. Those are the two options. Right. He works or you're screwed for the next half decade. So they got to figure this out. Some people are saying, oh, he shouldn't be playing against Florida. Ah, uh, God, I would have liked to give Enroth the next home game, to be honest, which is against Florida. But Babcock has to leave this guy in to figure it out. And he'll figure it out. I, think, I believe he'll figure this out. Yeah, from the first time I saw him in a Leafs uniform, I thought he was too aggressive. Because, like... He is very aggressive. The Leafs aren't going to... They're they're not going to clear up that rebound. If you allow a rebound, they won't have your back. <laughs> no, and he's learning that. He doesn't have Hampus yeah. Lindholm anymore. Yeah, or... Or, or, or the entire Simone Anaheim... Dupree or yeah. Bieksa or... Yeah. You know, it's... It is about styles, right? Mm. And um, some goalies have a D and... <laughs> have a defense in front of them that uh, can protect their style... <laughs> Yeah, I giggled. What? <laughs> I don't think uh, Anderson and the Leafs so far have been a good match. No, but doesn't mean they won't be. I, I honestly, it's been seven games, for God's sakes. I have a tweet. How many times from... did I say I thought Anderson was going to start slow? Yeah, and he did last year, by the way. I have a tweet from Craig Custance. Okay. ESPN. He said, in 11 games last November and December, Freddie Anderson had a save percentage of 890, and he finished with a 919. So, let's not worry. Maybe he just starts slow. Mm-hmm. Well, and well, no one heading into that game, he had a better save percentage than Ben Bishop. And can I also just no one we, doubted Ben Bishop. Can we just throw this out here? The Leafs' defense has been a tire fire. Yeah. Right. Look at the replays, and that's the thing. Is I kept 
I kept watching the the defensive system that Babcock has put into place break down. And and by the way, watch tonight. I want to know because here's what I keep seeing. I keep seeing the wingers really high. They're sitting almost above the blue line in their own defensive zone, which is really strange. And I know that's probably because Babcock's playing to, to the defense. But what it makes you do when you're flipping the puck around behind the net, the setter then has to go over and chip it up after the defenseman shot it out um, for a winger to get it. When in, it on a team like this that has not not the best defense, I mean, you've got to you got to kind of play to that a little bit, right? So I don't know. Interesting to see if they keep that system going in the defensive zone. I got to get to on. this email, guys, because we yes. really don't have a lot of time. Yeah, sorry, so, sorry, sorry. Um, so this comes from Hudson so Hudson Croker, who's an Edmonton Oiler fan. Not a, not a I was oil. like, wow. <laughs> he said this. Uh, he he said, you know, he's been watching the Edmonton Oilers. I'm paraphrasing here for the last six to eight years. He said a lot of teams can learn from our failure. And he said, I think your team is one of them, so I think it's important that you guys check this out. He said, start this off. The primary reason for the Oilers' newfound success is not Connor McDavid. And he puts gasp in brackets. He said, it's, he said, it's the second most important reason. The first was fixing the, the defense and the goaltending, which, by the way, for Edmonton has been amazing this year. Um, Cam Talbot especially been incredible. And he there's said, another goalie, by the way, who started with a young team with a bad defense, started rough, and came out of it. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Uh, last year, right? Yep. And he said the reason I'm wa- writing this is to warn Maple Leaf fans that you have not you have not lost enough yet. Uh, I know that may sound crazy, and I know Leafs fans are dreaming of cups and playoffs, but the reality is the core of the team is not complete. I agree. Specifically, the defense is Morgan Riley a great defenseman? Yes, probably a one A one B type. Is Jake Gardner kinda? Um, and he said, essentially, he goes on to say, and we will actually take this. I think we should take this and post this. Um, I don't have time to get through the entire sure. thing. It's a long thing. But essentially, what he's saying is you are missing a bona fide, he says, number one defenseman, probably top pairing. Nikita Zaitsev may be that guy, but is not classified as such yet. Fair. And I, Riley and this, could be that guy, too. Well, him and more. He said 1A, 1B for Morgan Riley. Mm. right? So you need two top pairing defensemen. And he said, you need a number three on the second line. And I couldn't agree more with that. Oh, on number the second pair. You need somebody yeah. to play with Jake Gardner. Well, and we're asking, we're asking, you know, he hasn't been fantastic. Nothing against Connor Carrick, by the way. Let me just throw that Well, this is what I'm about to say. Like, Connor Carrick hasn't been absolutely fantastic uh-huh. for the Leafs so far. But I think given what has been asked of him uh, and his age and his contract, like, that guy's he's getting paid like nothing. I think it's under 700 G's. That's, that is a second pairing defenseman on this team. Steal. Night in, night out. Well, it's a steal, but he's also being asked a lot. He's being asked a lot. Um, and even if, you know, maybe Hunwick's playing a little better or the top pair is a little more, you know, they, they got a little bit more chemistry and the Leafs defense is communicating with the goalie a little bit better. That is asking a ton mm-hmm. of a really young guy. So I think you're asking... You're asking too much of basically every young guy on this team because you have no other choice. Well, I, I suppose of, you do have another choice. You let Colin Greening and Brooks like and Holic all play. They're all in the Marlies. Yeah. So I think the Leafs have made their bed. The Leafs have $48.5 million in their lineup. Um, in the Marlies, they have $31 million. That's incredible. Huh. That's incredible. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Insane. I don't know if any team has ever had this much money buried in the minors. 
<laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Wade Redden was down there for a long time. Yeah, that was like one, one contract. Guy. And that's back when you could bury the entire contract, too. Oh, the Rangers could bury the entire Wade Redden $6 million uh, buffoonery. Was it the whole thing? It was most of it. Oh, I think I it was most the whole of thing. it. That's crazy. You just send them down. And or or no, was it... Was it nine twenty five or something like that? Something yeah. like that. That, you, that, you, that stayed on the cap, but that was it. Mm-hmm. So, you, so they basically they buried. 5. Oh, 1 bummer! Million. Said the Rangers. Yeah. Like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, have fun playing on the Connecticut Whale. <laughs> um, Who then went away and then came back? We were going to do a debate today, but I don't think we have time because there's some other stuff we need to get to today, and we could save this debate because I think it'll still be relevant uh, next week. Anderson for Senroth. I want you to watch, and no. do not answer this question right now. I want you to watch Shea Weber this weekend. That's your homework, everybody. Shea oh. Weber. And I want you to watch P.K. Suman this weekend. Everybody, that is your homework. Who is that? Even if, even if it's the game in I six. believe he is an old, old wooden ship. Mm. Yeah. Ah, the SSPK. Mm. Um, so so watch, watch those this weekend because we have a debate coming up. We have a debate uh, brought through by uh, one, of our, one of our Twitter followers, Mikey Piz. Mikey Pizzaman. <laughs> Michael Pizzaman. Oh, yes. He yeah. sent me this tweet this morning. And it's a good it's a good tweet, and we don't want to get too much into it right now, but again, because it's gonna take a segment. But because we, it's a debate, does Steve have to have to answer all the questions in his Trump voice? <laughs> yeah, I think maybe. Is that- I think maybe. <laughs> you gonna sniff and blame the microphone? Yeah. Um I do want to quickly mention a loser. before we leave before we leave the radio <laughs> portion. <laughs> <laughs> microphone is a Clinton surrogate. <laughs> um, we are going to talk about in the off-air portion of the show the video, the video follow-up to the Bobby Nixburger. If you download ah. the show, you know what we were talking about—the new Edmonton Oilers special burger, quote unquote, made by Bob Nicholson. Also, a, a note about jerseys that may make you upset. And a request, not even a request, a demand from one of our listeners. But first, let me just quickly say this. Tim Horton's house, the house that he lived in when he played for the Toronto Maple Leafs, is up for sale right now in Scarborough. Where in Scarborough? Uh, I don't know. It's not. I'm buying. (laughs) Well, if you have $700,000. Does it come? Dude, for a house in Scarborough? Yeah. That's wicked. <laughs> does it come with Timbits? Uh, it does not come with Timbits. Yeah. They have. Uh, it doesn't even look like it's the most normal looking house out there. It's on Warden, Warden and Ellesmere. So it's like the most. I'll do it. It's it's so funny because it's a throwback to when it. NHL players made what everybody else made. You um, buy that. I honestly, to God, that's a good deal. Yeah, <laughs> seven hundred grand um, for a nice house. Yeah. Not, oh, is, and Tim Horton wore number seven. Now, when he owned this house, I just want to throw this out there. When he owned this house, um, he made $9,000 a year playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, which is just a hair above what he paid for that house, I'm sure. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my and it's God. And it's a typical World War II, post-World War II bungalow. Nothing's really changed about it. Still kind of looks just the same. I bet it smells like coffee. No, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I think it I think, I think it, it probably smells like your grandparents. You know, your grandparents have coffee. Coffee. Um, But if you do buy this house and you are listening to the show, if you're you're looking for houses in Toronto and you have $700,000 to live at Warden and Ellesmere, good Lord. (laughs) I am not going to go to Warden and Ellesmere for 700 grand. Are you kidding me? Why not? I'd rather live in a condo. (laughs) I'm serious. It's time to leave Oshawa. (laughs) Adam's 
Adam's such a snob. No, I grew up in Scarborough. I don't have to go back to Scarborough. Adam needs to live where everyone has a little dog. And <laughs> that's where Jesse lives. And there's some. Oh yeah, that's no, true. Well, downtown. Yeah, but general. he's not hoity-toity about it. Um, yeah, that's anti small dog. <laughs> Jesse hates small dogs. He's, he's kicking your small dog. Is what he's doing. I was like. Jesse, do you want to meet my dog? And he's like, how big is it? I, I said, <laughs> 70 pounds. He's like, all right, fine, fine. It just meets the cutoff. If anybody is buying Tim Horton's old house in Scarborough for 700 grand, you have an obligation to let us build our brand new studios in there that I just made up. Um, <laughs> and, and you have to let us come over and record twice a week in Tim Horton's house, okay? For the rest of time. Who was the player that had their cottage up for sale? Uh, Airbnb, Wendell Clark had his on Airbnb. Oh, $5,000 a night. I was thinking it would be kind of a fun place to do a podcast event. Sure. So we'll start a crowdfund. Yeah. We'd have to do that. Yeah. And we'll all stay over. So we'll do a show and we'll have like a chell tournament and we'll all stay over. I was at the Leafs uh, morning skate today and, and Oh, really? Were you? I had to get to my, I had to get to my seat. Shut up. I had to get to my seat, but I, I couldn't. There was, there was a guy. Talk, talking to some other guys and he was in the way and I and I go oh excuse me it was Wendell Clark <laughs> oh is that all I'm glad I wasn't like hey dick <laughs> get out of the way have you checked out my podcast <laughs> want to take you yeah are you on a stamp I talked to Messier yeah I'm a, I'm a fancy podcast person why don't you take your mustache and get out of my way we gotta go on the radio portion of the show thanks so much for listening if you uh, want to download the show you can go to sportsnet.ca or any place podcasts are found so like iTunes, Podstitcher, Pod, whatever. Uh, it's Pan- Panago Pizza is the sponsor of this show. It's what's on the inside that counts. Gentlemen, this was sent to us by Mark T. Avs. Mark T., who is an Avs fan, lives in Toronto, came and uh, hung out with us for um, Hockey Night in Cinema this past uh, couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a follow-up to the Bobby Nix burger. And Jesse and I have already watched this, Steve, full disclosure. Now, I want... Part of it. I want you to hear this. I want you to see... Uh, I want you to watch this later. But I want you to hear a lot of this video. I have it. Um, no, 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 no. No, no, you stay. You okay. stay, and, and, stay and listen. You I don't stay. really need to see it. You got to hear it, though. And understand that I'll, it's... I'll close my eyes, it's even. At, it's at uh, NHL.com slash Oilers. Boo! Yeah. Sorry, I just hate it's NHL.com. It's a video explaining the Bobby Nicks burger <laughs> and where it came from. Right? Okay. The, the, um, the legend... Behind the Bobby Nicks burger. Oh. And it is the most corporate video you will ever watch in oh, your dear. entire life. Oh, dear. It is okay. hilarious. So let's eyes, are, start, eyes are closed. Let's start from the beginning. A couple weeks ago, I gave you a sneak peek at the Rogers Place menu. Now we are actually showing you a signature item. This here is the Bobby Nicks burger created by the man himself, Oilers CEO and Vice Chairman Bob Nicholson. Bob, sum your burger up for us. It started a secret meeting this morning on a secret sauce. And then we added Alberta beef, of course. But then we have then we some, added uh, beef to the burger. Cheese, Good start. A little spice, jalapeno, some lettuce, and an unbelievable bun. It's going to be awesome. That is a description if I've ever heard one. Bob, let's see how you made it. <laughs> stop, 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 stop. So, we made a burger with lettuce, tomatoes, jalapenos, onions, bacon, and, of course, a burger patty. Oh, God bless. And what was her response? God bless that host, because she goes, that is a description, <laughs> which couldn't be more. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, totally. Sure. She's not wrong. Thanks, Bob. Uh, there is no way to make that video interesting, and so I just, God bless her. Heart, God heart bless her. her. Now, this is, this is the part where the video gets really fun. 
And this is where Jesse and I really started to thoroughly enjoy it. Now, I don't know if you mentioned there were jalapenos on there, Adam. Because that gives that gives the burger a little bit of personality. Well, the, did you forget about Bobby Nix's secret sauce? Oh. Watch him in the next couple that upcoming minutes. So gross. Be, be, be ready. Be jalapenos? ready. Because, because Those Bobby are like Nix's the one pepper sauce. I will tolerate. Bobby Nix will, in fact, correct the chef on how to make it. No. Yes. No, he does not. Yes. So that's why that's why we're going through this video, just to have a little bit oh, of fun Oh, I'm so today. happy. All right, so you're going to hear a lot of corporate music. <laughs> yeah. So he's telling I the like chef how to make it. I like the feel of this one. I don't know how it tastes, but I like the feel. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. You got that Hold on. So it's the Bobby Nicks burger. He has no idea how it tastes, but he sure likes how it feels in his hands. Okay. Well, see, the chef, the chef-ass chef made it for him. Right. Right. So, you know, he, he knows how he makes it, but how does the chef-ass chef make it? Going through the pancetta bacon, the uh, smoked tomato relish. No. He didn't try so what happened No. There? So what happened there was the chef made a burger. Yeah. The way that Bobby Nix asked. And Bobby Nix took a bite and he said, no. No. <laughs> Not good enough for one Bobby Nix. All right? Now... They, that's a that's a bad cut for whoever made this video. I want to know what followed the no, because I'm going to give Bob Nicholson the credit that he didn't just go nope and throw the burger <laughs> against the wall. I think he did. Well, I think he did. It's funny that you make it, it again. <laughs> Get the shit out of my face. Well, he did. The thing is, Steve, he does in fact. Um, uh, go into the corrections. This is where we get the correction. Okay. So so it's okay. not it's not, I it's not really a bad edit. Yeah. No. That's a bad pinch. Sorry. We didn't try this, eh? Okay. Bob sauce and some mustard. This just has class. So I think we're gonna So hold on. So he did you didn't do the Bob yeah. sauce and the mustard and then he's holding a bun and saying how much class the bun has. Now I'm it also has looking one, Steve, at the what, what's the bun have? Uh it's a really good what bun. Does the bun what have? It has bread. Oh! <laughs> I couldn't get arrested. All right. <laughs> Go with this one. We got a little, a little spicy taste overall because we're taking the jalapenos too. We're getting there, chef. Yes, sir. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> there we go. He likes it. What do you think? Awesome. I think this is a winner. I think hey. this is a signature Bobby Nick. Hey, we got her, baby. Thank we you. got her. There it is. Something special. Can't get it anywhere else. Bobby Nicks has picked out the items that he wants in there. This is the house. chef. This is our uh, fourth burger uh, that we looked at. This is going to have a little bit of a bite. There's no question. It's going to be a winner. Are you kidding me? It's going to be a winner. Basically, you can kind of go through and say, you know what, I like that bun, but I like that cheese, and I like that sauce you put on that one. And then we'll just kind of conform that one up to uh, Bob's signature burger. All these ingredients, things that are local to Canada, local to Edmonton, and put them out there for uh, Bobby Nicks to give a try. You know what? It's certainly for adults that like beer with the jalapenos. If you want to take the jalapenos off, you can. Try it first and then take it off the next time. Now, now... <laughs> For adults who like beer, children who like beer might not like this burger. Yeah, no. Uh, but I, this is where the video gets fun for me because it, it, it has a bit of a lull there, I'll, I'll admit. Okay. But there's a reason why we're going through this methodically. Okay. Because sometimes in a movie, you have to see some of the boring stuff to see the amazing grand climax. Sh should I give my thoughts before we get to the climax? I would love that. Because my thoughts are, I, I think I owe Bobby Nixon an apology. Really? A why? little bit. This We thought, Jesse and I... Thought he just walked in there. Mm -hmm. This is my burger. 
took a picture with it, and then walked out, and the chef did all the work. No, no, no. He showed that chef what's what. It was the fourth burger he tried. You saw the effort, love, and care he put into uh-huh. it. As the chef cut up all the vegetables, grilled everything, and hold oh. on. And I might, I might want you to hold on to that comment, because when it comes to the bacon, Bobby is... Very specific. That he picked out is just great because it's all over the place. It's smoky from the bacon. We've got just the right fat, amount of fat content from the cheese, Hang the on, mayo, we'll get there. the mustard vinegar. The mustard's going to cut it really well. The bacon. What was the what was the that's bacon? a pan, pancetta bacon? It's made with white wine. Yeah, I, you know what? I thought it was a little too powerful. Uh, you, you're buying a burger for the burger. He went for the uh, regular bacon, loaded up. So he's got high-end pancetta <laughs> bacon made with white wine, and Bob's like, no, 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 compliments brand, bro. Give me that Kirkland. Give me Put that, this shit on it. Give me the bacon that doesn't taste like anything because no one's buying the burger for the bacon How taste much anyway. How is going to cost the Edmonton Oilers to make this bacon every day? Lot, Let's go with the regular one. A lot less. Yeah. <laughs> no, they don't have that fancy pancetta burger or bacon. Fresh veggies, can't go wrong. And then, of course, the uh, signature, Bobby Nick's. Sauce that we Which is probably Thousand Islands dressing. Just yeah. gave him a little bit of what the secret sauce should be, and we nailed it. Awesome. Absolutely nailed it. Just makes a burger burst out at you. We have this, like I said, world class venue. We need signature items in there. Okay, so what better to have a world class person, a classy person like Bobby Nix, to have a signature item? So there you go. I, Bobby you know Nicks, what, everybody, Bobby Nix. I he he made the damn thing. Mm-hmm. He was insistent. They called it a signature burger. After seeing all the notes he put in, I gotta say it's signature. And at the end of the video, I want the damn thing. Do you I, really? I, I no, want I, the damn I, thing. I just by the way, the high Bobby Nix. Bobby Nix. I'm team Bobby Nix. Um, there was uh, the high five count. I believe was at least four. Oh, he fi- high five the chef four times. The 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 dad high five. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, is always too high. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the dad is looking down. Yes. Because he can't make eye contact because it's an awkward moment, but he's got to go all the way up here. It's, yeah, it's brutal. I may have given a few. You know, I things. watched this whole video going, how much did it cost to put this video together? Thousands. No. No. But I just thought, like, I was like, we're making a video about a burger at a stadium. Like, are we serious? It's a commercial. Right I think that's thousands of dollars. You got to pay the chef overtime to come in and shoot this stupid video. You got to pay the chef, but you the chef pay was going to get paid anyway. The the, the, the filming, the editing, the equipment, the host. The host. They but, had a host for that. But I the think editing. they have Oilers TV yeah. though. So if this is anything like Leafs TV, right? You got you, but you your host already, of mm-hmm. course. But you're paying for that. Um, you got your cameraman, you got someone to edit it too. So you got at least three people involved, probably a producer. There's four, right? Sometimes the host is the producer or the camera person is the producer. Um, depending on how large your operation is. I don't think that was an egregiously expensive video. I, you know what, man, you're, you're trying, but no, I'm team Oilers on this one. Wow, I am team Oilers on this one. I mean, I know. I am absolutely not. What hour? The the pancetta bacon kills me. I will fly to Edmonton. (laughs) 
Oh, I want a Bobby Nix burger. Uh, Dad, I, I will high five Bobby Nix without eye contact, <laughs> and I will buy his burger with my own money. Do you think I'll he, try to get it for free first, and then I will eat it and enjoy it? Do you think Bob it? Nicholson shares this video with his family? Like, look, like I really made a burger. Like, it's- I think he absolutely takes a picture of the link and texts it to his family. <laughs> um, I don't know if he shared the link with his family. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, it, you can tell the man's excited, which I appreciate because boy, Edmonton has been been a morose place lately. But there's a lot of good going on there. Um, and I the believe way, they're near the top of the standings, uh, they along are. with the Canucks and Habs, Edmonton, and everyone else. We make Edmonton, fun of. top of the West. Montreal, top of the East. Amazing. So it's gonna stay that way Amazing. all season long. Um, and then now, so we take you from something kind of fun and light. There's a reason we did that, and that's to balance out how I know you're gonna feel about this next morsel. Uh oh. I'm Jesse? trying to think of what bad happened. Steve, do you know what happened with the NHL jerseys? No, I saw Greg Wyshynski post something about it, but no, I don't. So starting next year, Adidas is going to get the license to produce the NHL jerseys. Instead of Reebok, but Adidas owns Reebok. Yes. yes. Okay, so they're just kind of switching over yeah, the brand. From, from one pocket to the other. Yeah, right, and the World Cup jerseys had Adidas on it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So next year you're going to have to buy a new jersey if you want to look like the guys on the ice, right? Are the Leafs going to change their jersey again? No, well, no it's just no. going to have the Adidas logo instead yeah. of the Reebok one. So if you want to look like the guys on the ice, you got to buy a new jersey. Okay. If you're that much of a purist. Yeah. 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 And you have that much FU income. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Except the jersey that the NHL is selling to fans won't say Adidas. It will say Fanatics. And it won't be the same jersey that the guys wear on the ice. What? Why? So Fanatics will become the exclusive manufacturer and supplier of all adult replica NHL jerseys starting next year. No, Adidas is. Nope. No, Fanatics. They're, they're not. Who's has, Fanatics? Well, the, are they owned by company? Adidas? No, a separate apparel company. But does Adidas get the money? No. No. The NHL sold what? the rights to the replica jerseys that you buy in store for $169 to Fanatics. Who I've never heard of. So when you buy your jersey in the store... You, you will not a, be buying the jersey the players wear. You get you'll a be Fanatics buying, jersey. You'll be buying a replica, not authentic jersey. Is this the jersey version of selling to Versus instead of ESPN? Yes. Yes. 100%. Because Adidas probably didn't want to have to pay for the second part of that. Why do you have to pay for both? I well, think- Adidas probably said, why do we have to pay for both? And the NHL said, because we're the NHL. Now, here's the fun part. Okay, so so here's Who the Who is this company? So imagine, so imagine you come in. Yeah, yeah. For, I've never heard of Fanatics in my life. Now, it might be an American thing. Our American listeners, maybe you can help us out with that. Never heard of them before. So here's here's where it gets fun. Okay. Because, yeah, jerseys, what? They're, they're 160 bucks, right? That's American, because when I was at the Leafs game, it was 202 um, no, I think blanks are 160. Name names, jerseys mm-hmm. are 200 something. Well, yeah. And then authentics are like 350, 400 bucks. Right, right. So you can't buy, you can't buy a jersey. You can't buy a jersey the same as the you know made by the same company or the well, same. You, you can't. Well, and this is where it gets fun. So go <laughs> ahead, Jesse. You can buy the Adidas jersey that the guys wear on the ice. The authentic for, with the fight strap and the stitching and everything for four hundred dollars. But there's only which one, is what it's always been. There's one tier of the Adidas jersey. The rest of them will be fanatics jerseys. So all I'm saying is, buy your jerseys this year, and then don't buy next year. Like that is does that not scream cheapening of the brand to you? Because it certainly does to me. No, I'm more mad 
I'm more baffled that you have to pay for both. Why? Well, because you can, because you can charge for both. If you're the NHL, you mm-hmm. can charge for both. So why wouldn't you? Yeah. It makes business sense. Who? But even, no, the idea that they can. Who? There. What have we said so many times in this podcast? Like, how many things in this society would we just not have if we just started anew? Oh, well, we're going to sell for this and we're going to sell for that. No, it's the same shit, dummy. Make it all the same thing. Yeah. I don't get it. I, uh, now, I honestly, here's the thing. The NHL probably gets more money then, right? Yes. Yes. So I guess that's good because anything to avoid a lockout in a couple years. But here we are again. But, here we are again. What? As the hardcore fans and all we want is to buy a fairly priced jersey <laughs> that is the same as the players that we love so much. We just want to look like and we, and we can't, can't And we can't do it. Can't we do have it. to buy a jersey with a fight strap on it. The official jersey. I am not buying a jersey with a fight strap on it. I don't no. care what it says. I don't care that it doesn't say Adidas, but I'm also not buying the Fanatics one just on principle alone. Mm-hmm. I'm buying my jersey this year. It's going to say Reebok and it will stay that way until the, ne- until the next deal comes up for apparel for them. Uh, do fans like to... Uh, go at each other like, uh, oh, nice jersey. You can tell it's a knockoff. Mm-hmm. You know, not like mine. I bought this at, you know, uh, at the Leaf store or I bought it at a licensed retailer mm-hmm. like Pro Image in Pickering Town Center. There's a little plug for you. Um, but now the official jerseys are the knockoffs. Yep. It's an official knockoff. Yeah. So they, to me, this screams cheapening of the brand you are cheapening the brand you are making it you are you it is an active um legal watering down knocking off of your own product it's unbelievable devil's advocate is anyone really gonna care yes i care i care care right now now are our moms our moms who are buying jerseys for their kids for christmas gonna know or care no No. they're not gonna care they're not gonna care are they the majority of consumers yes however when you got you, there are people out there who buy jerseys every year. Mm-hmm. This will piss them off to high hell. And if you alienate that base, will it? I think it will. I'm not it will. certain it will. Are you not one of them? Yeah, but I think that in this room, like top one percent of fans, like we care mm-hmm. to the crazy. And are degree. we not the people that spend and I a think lot of the most money? Of the, I want to know what the listeners of this show think because. You're also top, like right up there, top one. If you're listening, if you're devoting an hour or more to a sports show, a hockey show, you're right there. You're exactly who the NHL wants. The, oh, what was the term? Ah, I forget. Doesn't matter. Crazy fanatics. Whoa. Your P1s. Can I just just say that, though, that how do you win? How do you win something if you're a business? You make, you make a product that is um, uh, universally used and easy to eat, easy to consume, right? Uh, that makes sense to consume financially and that sort of thing as well. But also, you cater to your P1s. You cater to your core audience. What is the NFL constantly doing? They are catering <coughs> to their, their core audience. You know why? No, they're not. You, know, you want to you know why NFL betting has taken off? Legal betting has taken off? Because they realized all their core guys were doing it about 10 years ago. And they're like, wow, we better find a way to make money off of this and make it better. And boy, have they done that. I And look at the NBA. 
They cater to hardcore fans and they cater to not hardcore fans. But if you, if you, I, I think it's, it, is it so hard? Is it so hard to grasp that the, the teams or people would want something that's not a knockoff? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to look like a knockoff. I feel it's, it's going to, it's going to sit around. It's going to look like a knockoff. I, if it does, we got a problem. If it doesn't, well, I'm not sure what the problem is. I am a little bit annoyed. I don't know if I'm annoyed enough to not get one. See, it would you know be what like I mean? it would be like Apple releasing a computer using someone else's parts, equipment, and hardware and software. I don't know. About it's that. exactly the same, Steve. Because yeah, it's not authentic. If you're buying Toronto Maple Leafs, I want Toronto Maple Leafs authentic brand. I don't want knockoff. It's it's. it's n- it is a knockoff. They they it's an officially licensed knockoff. A cheaper version of their jersey. It's a no, it's literally a knockoff. Do the fans see savings? Will the yeah. fans and that always rules. They will. Wait, so the, no. will the jerseys be cheaper? No, is what they're I'm the saying. same price. Oh, they're same price. The same yeah. price. Kekwist. That the NHL just got to sell their jersey rights twice. And why wouldn't you? You know, you're the NHL. You're always fighting for notoriety amongst the other big leagues. Wouldn't you want the association with that brand? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you want the association with Adidas, the company that just threw a Brinks truck of money at Connor McDavid, I'm sure. Yeah, and what about, you know, doesn't Adidas do... Well, and and since, you know, they own Reebok, you've had a relationship with this company for now 10 years? Mm-hmm. Maybe more? Mm-hmm. And you want to keep Nike out of it? Who the hell? Are, who is Fanatics? Apparently, they do a lot of like the NHL merchandise on the website. Like you buy a hat or whatever from NHL.com or like a scarf. Fanatics the, makes those. So. You better make good stuff. Yeah, you better I make it so. good enough that no one cares. Because I think this is a sore point that not enough people will care about. Okay. To be honest. Fair enough. It's annoying. Make, it maybe it's it is just a little a, maybe annoying. Maybe it's just a minor annoyance and maybe I'll forget about it. But... Hmm. And maybe they're owned... Are you sure they're not owned by Adidas or Reebok or any of that? Yeah, I'm sure. What the hell? I don't understand that at all. Well, I I get it. They make more money. And could they probably get a better deal and and more percentage of the jersey um, profit off of Fanatics? Yes. Now, Steve, I've sent you a message. I've sent you a message on Facebook. Oh, I see. And the reason I've sent you this message is because we have a demand. (sighs) I was like, Adam, why are you sending me the... Oh. oh yeah, last episode was a little short. So DJ Milken at on Twitter, DJ Milken. Uh, <laughs> oh no, DG Milken. Uh, he said since the SDP was so short uh, and the LFR was so late, I think Steve Dangle owes us a hashtag Fifty Shades of Coal on the next podcast. So oh. DJ DG from San Diego, sir. Oh, man. Now, wait. Steve is going to drop one on you right now. Which characters are which? Well, here's what I want you to do. It's from Anna's Anna's perspective. This is from... So this is from OG yeah. Fifty Shades this is of Grey. OG Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey, and she is having her first... Um, encounter. Not... Well, first encounter and first Experience? Big O. Big o. Big O. It's her first, why, why can't we say orgasm? She's having her first orgasm. Yeah, I, don't I know think we're all you're... adults here. And this is, she's having she's having her first big orgasm. <clears throat> and so Bob Cole is about to experience so okay. the same thing. You're going. Bob Cole's about to narrate it. So okay, all the guys' lines. I think no, there's there is only no guys one. Line. No, yes, there is. There's one. Oh, okay. Will be. <laughs> this has been a while. Uh-huh. If you're a new listener, uh, you're in for a treat. 
Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, please. I beg and I pull my head back, my mouth open as I groan, my legs stiffening. Holy hell, what's happening to me? Let go, baby. He murmurs. <laughs> Start from that one again. Let's get it. Let's... I'm trying to give you the big O here. And the O is for opportunity. His teeth. No. His teeth close round my nipple. <laughs> And his thumb and finger pull hard, and I fall apart in his hands, my body convulsing and shattering into a thousand pieces. He kisses me deeply, his tongue in my mouth, absorbing my cries. <laughs> this is a bestseller! <laughs> oh my... That was extraordinary. Wow, she really came back down to earth real quick. Uh, <laughs> this is how the lines go. He kisses me deeply, his tongue in my mouth, absorbing my cries. Oh my, that was extraordinary. Now I know what all the fuss is about. <laughs> he gazes down at me, a satisfied smile on his face. While I'm sure there's nothing but gratitude and awe, on mine. Wow. Orgasm. Wow. <laughs> Press conference. The Presser. SDP. The Steve Dangle Press Conference. That's a good throwback. It's been a while since we've done that. Oh, baby. Yeah. Like, yeah, I you bet. I, I I think the last time we did one of those, A, it was in my house, but B, I remember, so I remember the first time we did that, and that was one of Jesse's first episodes, and I remember having, uh, Jesse wasn't saying anything at this point, like, he was just coming in, observing, doing yeah. the show, but he, he was just kind of getting accustomed to it, and we were sitting around my dinner table, <laughs> my dinner table, and it was the middle. It's echoing through your apartment. Yeah. Yeah, because our- My inner goddess is dancing the merengue. <laughs> Actual line. Yes. Jesse. And doing some salsa moves. So, Pam's pa- DM'd me. Pam? Pam's. Pa- panned? My palms are sweaty. There's a D on the end. Uh, Twitter name. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> he says, hey man, I know this is a lot to ask, but I'm a huge fan of the SDP. The other day, I just bought tickets and the works and the works to surprise my girlfriend with a trip to Disneyland. Oh, cool. Wow. I always listen to the podcast while driving, and it drives her nuts. And I think it would be hilarious and awesome if you guys could announce that to her. Announce that? That he bought her tickets to Disneyland. And just, the, did, the we, did we get a name? Um, her name is Mackenzie. Okay. And mm. it's from her very loving boyfriend, Curtis. Mackenzie. Curtis is taking you to Disneyland! <laughs> And you're going to be listening to us the whole way there. Ah! <laughs> Making noises like this and noises like this. <sighs> and oh. oh. Oh, baby. And hopefully the entire way there, you can listen to us and what we have to say. One, one. First intermission. Can you do the, can you do the, the, his teeth close around my nipple, but do it in Don Cherry. Can you please Either do way, that? Sorry, I Can just closed it. I just closed it. You're one second. Okay. All right, just just that just that second. Let, let go, baby. He remembers. 
Oh, please. I beg and I pull my hair back. My mouth open as I groan. My legs stiffening. Holy hell. What's happening to me? Uh, let go, baby. <laughs> that was my Ron. Ron, yeah. <laughs> he murmurs. His teeth close. <laughs> His, his teeth close around my nipple and his thumb and finger pull hard. What is this, some European thing you're trying? I scream. <laughs> and I fall apart in his hands, my body convulsing and shattering like a visor. Stupid. <laughs> Into a thousand pieces. He kisses me deeply, his tongue in my mouth, absorbing my cries like Dougie. Remember that one time he came on the show anyway? God, love him. <laughs> Oh my! That was extraordinary. Now I know what all the fuss is about. He gazes down at me, satisfied, smile on his face, while I'm sure there's nothing but gratitude and awe on mine. Kingston. There you go. Wow. Well done, man. Well done. Well done. Hey, you only wanted that one part. Mackenzie, Mackenzie, guess what? You got it in the world! I thought you won the Super Bowl. Yeah, or the Stanley Cup. Nah. No? Mm-hmm. Super Bowl's more iconic for Disney World. See, okay, so I heard a story. True. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say who I heard the story from, so I'll just say I heard a story. Supposedly, Patrick Waugh, the rumor is Patrick Waugh got paid a bunch of money to say, I'm going to Disneyland. I've heard this. Oh, okay, so yeah. you have heard this? When uh, the Habs won the Stanley Cup in 93. Mm-hmm. But he didn't know what camera he was on, right? So if it doesn't go on TV, it doesn't get paid. So apparently... <laughs> The whole time he has the cup, he's just going, I'm going to Disneyland! I'm going to Disneyland! I'm going to Disneyland! I'm going to Disneyland! So that famous picture where he's going, ah! Like, apparently he's screaming, I'm going to Disneyland! Please be video. Please let there be video. There has to be. I just don't know if you can hear it, but I'm a really good lip reader. All right. So maybe, I don't know. Um, In the two... Canadian games I watched this week. I saw the wave. Is that a thing up there for hockey? Here no. in St. Louis, starting the wave at a hockey game will get you thrown out. That's from Matt Harris. I remember no. producer Chris saying that the Vancouver Canucks fans had created the wave for all sports. They That it started in Vancouver. Which no. I have a really hard time <laughs> believing that it started in Vancouver. Um, like because I believe it started. The Greeks in the invented se- everything. Yeah, I think it started in the seventies, um, but I don't remember where. And I think it was baseball stadiums. I but. thought it was in Central South America for when you're bored, or like uh, yeah. there's a lull in the action, yeah. right? Yeah. I thought it was a South American thing, yeah. I thought I'm it was to, to articulate no, that you're no, no, not no. having a good time. No, no, no. Have you guys not heard of Vancouver in the in Central a- uh, Central? America? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the Vancouver of Central America? Which, Thank God for Google. What is it? The wave was created by Crazy George Henderson on October 15th, 1981 at the televised A's vs. Yankees playoff game in Oakland. There you go. It was in... Oh, wow. So now, like, that's so frowned upon uh-huh. that it happens at playoff games. It was invented at one? Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Well, people had more fun in the 80s. I don't know why people are so down on the wave. Who cares? If you don't want to participate, uh, just don't do it. I don't really care. I'm more down on a guy who streaks on the field while uh, it's the bottom, literally the bottom of the ninth and the J season is on the line. Yeah. I was at that game. It drove me nuts. Like, I mean, okay, the odds are going to come back. 
pretty slim, but they can. It's Batista at the plate, top of the order. Mm-hmm. Keep your fucking clothes on. Yeah. Anyway. And don't throw beer at babies. Yeah. Anyway. And the reason it's called the Mexican wave, because in the World Cup in 1986, everybody in the stadium did the wave, and then it got attributed to the Mexicans. Well, there you go. Oh. To their football team, yeah. Huh. So that's what I heard. But it ain't the Mexicans. No. Damn no. Yankees. Well, I guess Donald Trump would be against the wave, right? Well, see, but he would he would explain how it was actually invented by an American. Okay. First, they they steal our jobs. They steal the wave. <laughs> What's next? That's a bad arm well, race, right? Am I right? Bad, bad wave arm race. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those are some bad wave arm race. <laughs> Who was it? Was it a woman? It's a nasty, such a nasty woman. Such a nasty such woman. A nasty All right, go. <laughs> um, this year. Who will be the old man who has never won a cup that's traded to the Blackhawks? <laughs> <laughs> that's a damn good... Who's that from? Because they need that's one. from Ebens87. Ebens, great question. Richard Putt... No, not no. old enough. Not old enough. Nope. Who will be that person? Yeah. It has to be Who's from a team that? That, that didn't expect to fail but is failing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Boston trades Zdeno Chara. I got one, too. Boston Ooh. trades Zdeno Chara if they're not in the playoff contention by the trade deadline. See, though, he... Has a cup though, mm-hmm. so it's not oh, like a win it for Ray yeah, Bork sort yeah. of thing. It's not like a Michael Hanzu. But you thing. Gotta have- I mean, you know what? That is a storyline that I think could develop throughout the year because Boston is gonna have a rough time, and their defense is so bad. Yeah, and isn't it amazing that two teams already are without both their goalies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Kings and the Bruins. Yeah, those are two screwed teams. Yep, I think I know who it'll be. Oh, who that? Joey Thornton. No, I think, San I think the Sharks be will be in it. Yeah, I think it's okay for the old man to stay with the team he's on if the old team is like a contender. What if they're not good? If they're not good, then yeah, okay. I could definitely see that. <laughs> Any chance that because the the or Patty Marlow. the Coyotes mm. are at the bottom. They're in the basement of the NHL right now. I think they have one win this year, two points. Total. Uh, I think they're one in six. Yeah, <laughs> so something like that. Any chance Shane Doan wants to? Any chance? No. You know what? Uh, I think it was, I want to say Dean Blundell took some heat. Well, he went maybe a little over the top saying, like, what, does Shane Doan not want to win? No way. Yeah, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was like, what, does Shane Doan not want to win? Now, maybe a little over the top. But <laughs> if they're in, like, the bottom five in the league and it's the trade deadline, you can, part of your legacy with that team could be you help them get something. And then maybe, just maybe... You go and win a Stanley Cup. Why wouldn't you want that? Like I, was, I don't understand why that's not. Hmm. Surely that's appealing. I was salty about Matt Sandin not accepting a trade at the trade deadline. I was Me for that too. same reason. I thought. I, and but, you know what? Sorry, he did set the team back. They were. They had Jeff Carter and a first round pick coming for him. I, I'm sorry. They. He did. He did set the team back. He did. There's no other way to put it. it yes, it was his right. Yes, it was in his contract. But did he set the team? This back? is my yes. thing. No. Th- no. Cliff Fletcher set the team back. Okay. Or whoever signed that deal. Fine. Fine. You do not sign a player to a no trade clause and then get all up in arms when they don't want to waive it. Because the reason they have a no trade clause is because they left money on the table. All right, fine. Ten times out of ten, Sundin left money on the table. Fine. You're right. You're right. I'm with you on that. Is that the last question? Shane, Shane Doan's a good one. That's a good one. Next episode, that is the last question, but next episode we're going to go into the um, the problems with the song Skater Boy. What? That, that's your tease. There are what? some issues with Avril Lavigne's Skater Boy that we need to address. Oh. In the press conference. I don't think there are. There are. 
I think the problem is we're still talking about it. What's it? Wait, why? What is this? Why is this? Why is this this happening? Next press conference, we need to address Skater Boy by Avril Lavigne because there's a problem. All right. Well, I'm I. I hope this what gets lost on in the page? weekend. I hope this gets lost in the weekend. No, I'm and you it. forget it for Tuesday. <laughs> I actually think this is probably going to be pretty good. Yeah, no, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I'm pretty excited about that it. So, okay, hey, thanks to everybody that wrote in. Thanks to Mark T. Abs, especially for that uh, Bobby Nix, uh, Bobby Nix Burger segment. Great video. I'm converted. Uh, <laughs> I'm a Bob Lever. You know what, Bob Nicholson? If you're listening to this, I want the pancetta bacon. Can you can you send me a pancetta bacon one? Then maybe we're on the same team. Bob, if you're listening to this, I trust your expert. <laughs> wow. Wow. I said it. Do you have a Gordon Ramsay impression? Not really. It's not a very well developed one. I mean, you just kind of deepen your voice and scream. <laughs> you fat piece of Yankee Danky doodle shite. You ever hear that one? No. That is a. That's a Gordon Ramsay quote. I didn't make what? that up. Oh, yeah. Yankee Danky doodle shite. <laughs> you fat piece of Yankee Danky doodle shite. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah. His his um non kids show I saw a clip the other day where they took all his like Hell's Kitchen with the adults and they oh, put it yeah. over the <laughs> the kids the kids one. It's just you're worthless. Where's the lamb sauce? You need to watch the BBC version of all the shows that he did in America because they're all they're uncensored. Crazy, crazy, and they're real. They're not yeah. like actors. They're because in, in in England they actually can just do that. They mm-hmm. don't expect it to be acted. It's because yeah. you can tell in some cases there's some acting going on there. There's no, yeah, not well, not, 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 not no. Not an American reality television. No, no. I like I like um, Kitchen Nightmares because there's a simmer. There's a simmer to it because it starts with, oh dear, oh dear, and look at this. What's this? You did that to the. Oh my god. What the fuck are you doing? It just it starts so slow. Have you seen Hotel Hell? Oh the. Best, worst. the best. best I love you, know, man. I'll fully admit it. Gordon Ramsay shows are my favorite. <laughs> I watch anything. Dude, with him. The, the, what what is it called? Uh, uh, Master Chef Junior. Oh, is that yeah. what it is? Oh. And and he is a completely different person. Mm-hmm. Completely different. Um, not mentality, behavior. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like he's a father figure to these kids, and he does it amazingly. Mm-hmm. He would be God's gift to professional wrestling. He is the perfect heel and face. He's the he is. He's so cool. He's yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Interviewed him once. One of the nicest and and best interviews I've ever done. Can you oh, imagine if he wasn't? Him. Oh, oh, just oh, Gordon no, Ramsay. <laughs> You're an idiot sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I thought that was real. What? Like that, no, no, it is real. It is. What are you? An idiot, idiot sandwich. No, that was. Fr- I'm pretty sure that was from a skit. He didn't actually <laughs> make a woman, a grown woman, I, say she's an idiot look sandwich. Look it, up, look it up. Is the idiot sandwich uh, thing? I'm real? pretty sure it was a skit. And if it's not, holy shit, that's incredible. I can't even look this up. I'm laughing too much. Who is the idiot sandwich? Someone's obviously googled this before. What are you? <laughs> no, it's real. No, it's not real. Yes. They, they, had a, they had an article on E! about it the day after it happened. So what's TV. it say? What's it say? Is he called so, Julie? No, that's because Julie Chen and the Big Brother. Was it Julie Chen from Big Brother? No. No. Not, no. Okay, it's also Hold on, I'm going to play the clip just for anybody that hasn't heard that, it yet. No. Hold no. On, no. Hold on. It has to be. Hold on. No. All right. What are you? 
An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? <laughs> An idiot sandwich, Chef Ramsay. Uh, oh, you know what? what? It might. Yeah, <laughs> there's laughter. Yeah, Master Chef doesn't have a laugh it track. Is, it, it's it from James Corden. Yeah. Oh, Fuck. thank God! But, but oh my God! Because I'm like, that is really close yeah, to not Julie cool. Chen's face. I'm gonna go with that is already not cool. <laughs> he is. Julie- I want more Gordon Ramsay on my TV. I- That'll get him kicked off. He has Julie Chen's face in between two slices of white bread. <laughs> and asking oh, her, it is Julie Chen. Chen. Oh my god! Wow, I didn't even notice Julie that before. Julie Chen's married to like the president of NBC. Uh, CBS. CBS. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he put two, he's got two pieces of bread in between her head. He, I, I'm gonna go with he's one of like the best people in media because he does the heel, he does the face. He has a YouTube video where he's like, "Here's how you make scrambled eggs," <laughs> and I make them that way now, and they're fucking amazing. And then he wow. makes a sex joke at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can give it to the misses in bed. <laughs> The, the breakfast. The breakfast, of course. All right, well, we got to go. Uh, Steve and I. Steve and I. I'm glad we fell off the wagon only at the end of the show today. today I know. We, we had a swear-free show and yeah. then the soft porn, but no swearing. And then fucking well, Gordon Ramsay bullshit. I was, you know, I was when I was looking up those those... Fifty Shades of Grey clips. It was like there was like I, I, you know the dirtiest the dirtiest parts, and I was really upset because one of them said because um, they have like a little byline like a little headline that leads it into what the pr- paragraphs about. One of them said on nipple clamps, and I was like, oh that'll be perfect. And then it was like, oh this is too tight. Oh loosen this up. Oh I've got this perfect ball gag. Like it was like this is this not this is not descriptive enough. This is not good enough. Why is this series getting more movies? That's for another show. For another show. We must go. It is the Steve Dangle Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. He was a skater boy. He said, see you later, boy. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness.